Thank you, Luke. And thank you all for being here. Very encouraging. Our lesson tonight is on uncertainty. And these days, we seem to have a lot of that, don't we? Um, we don't know what's going to happen. We can only hope that things will be better day by day. But we do know that God is in charge, and whatever the outcome, he will have his will. And we live in a world of uncertainty. How do we react to uncertainty? Do we react in fear, or do we react in faith? As God's children, are we confident, settled people? Because we know that our Father God is in, in control of the world, we should be confident. Or are we a fearful people? We don't want to be that way. Let's briefly look at the first century church. And we talked about that a little bit this morning uh, in our Bible class. They lived in an uncertain economy, sort of like ours except much worse. They were persecuted by their own countrymen. Following the stoning of Stephen and the execution of James, those of faith were scattered abroad. Yet, they went everywhere sharing Jesus, no matter where they were. Even the Jewish officials like Saul were dispatched over the Palestinian world and they were imprisoning Christians, holding them for extradition to Jerusalem for trial. So we've got it a lot better than that, don't we? Yeah. By the time the persecutions began to die down, Rome picked up the cause with their own brand of uncertainty. Tens of thousands of believers were killed by various ways that you know, it makes your skin creep just to think about it. Some were crucified. Some were thrown into the arenas with hungry lions and dogs, burned at the stake. They were essentially driven underground. We don't have to deal with that today either, do we? In 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, beginning of verse 12, we read, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the suffering of Christ, because he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, to an inheritance that can perish can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. In James chapter 1, beginning of verse 2, James tells us, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Very important thing to have, isn't it? When perseverance finishes its work, you will become 
mature and complete, not lacking anything. Of course, Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your faith be known, and the peace of God, with, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We're going to talk a little bit about what Jesus had to say about this as well. And we'll be looking in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 uh, and verses 25 through 34. A lot of the lesson will be taken from that. We know that Jesus told us not to worry about our life. Um, not to worry about what we would eat. What we would drink. The clothes we wear. But seek first his kingdom. So here's the question. What causes uncertainty in your life? Or in my life? Is there health issues? Financial issues? How things are going at work? Relational issues in the family? Or here in the church? What about uncertainty? about our children or our grandchildren. All these things bother us, don't they? Maybe even our nation's political status. From time to time that has bothered us. Uncertainty is all around us. So how are we gonna face it? With fear or with faith? With confidence or with worry? Our English word, worry, comes from the root word, meaning to choke or to strangle. So that gives you an idea how good worry is for you, doesn't it? The Greek word means literally to have a divided mind or a divided heart. It doesn't sound good either, does it? And worry is an internal tug of war, you might think about. Um, and that's not a good thing to have. Robbing us of our trust in God. So, we don't want that either. So here's the bad thing though. The really bad thing about worry. Have you ever noticed, if you have worry or fear, that it doesn't seem to occupy just portions of your mind? You know, if you can hide it back there in a corner, it might have some benefit. But it ultimately demands all or nothing. And fear excludes all other thoughts. It paralyzes and polarizes all our thinking. It clouds and chokes the joy of life out of us. It's an all-consuming thing. And Jesus addresses this in Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34, I'll summarize some of this. First he says, worry is unreasonable. Do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Listen now. For is life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? And we know they're not. So why is worry so unreasonable? 
because we tend to worry about the wrong things, don't we? Jesus is saying if you're going to be concerned about something, make it something eternal, not those things that are temporary. If it's not going to last, don't worry about it. Easier said than done, I know. Do you remember in Matthew 10, 28, uh, what was said? About water, whom to fear? Don't be afraid. Don't fear those who kill the body. Rather, be afraid. Fear, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. Fear the one who can destroy both the body and the soul in eternal torment. Now, that's good advice, isn't it? To worry about something we cannot change is really unreasonable. It's easier said than done, though. I know. If we can change it, then change it. If we can't, why worry about it? But the important thing here is, and this has been said a lot, we need to pray for the wisdom to know the difference between the two, whether we can change it or not. And we need to ask God to give us the wisdom to help us to know the difference. That's one way to handle it. So worry is unnatural. Now why do I say that? It seems na perfectly natural to me sometimes. But the Bible tells us in these verses, look at the birds of the air. Do you ever see a worrying bird? Yeah, maybe. I came out of the house. We have these robins that tend to build a nest in our uh, lamppost on the porch. It's covered, they get, they're nice and dry there. And I came out when uh, flight school was beginning one day and there were like three babies trying to fly and there must have been a grandpa bird and two daddies or something there because have you ever been attacked by a robin? <laughs> they were all over me. And I wasn't going to hurt them. I just had to run in the garage and hide. I hate to admit that I ran from robins, but, but they were kind of violent. Anyway, so they might have been worried about me. But they don't sow or reap or store away in the barns, um, not like squirrels. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? God says, I take care of the birds. Aren't you a lot more valuable than they are? Then he points us toward the flowers and their brief glory. And think about this. God took the time to make a flower. Clothe it with outstanding beauty. Even though it's only going to last a few days. The point is, he created the flowers that flourish in, for just a few hours. He created us for eternity. So you better believe he's taking care of us. So Jesus says animals don't worry, plants don't worry. The only thing in creation that worries, that doesn't trust their creator, think about that, the people. Something to think about anyway. Some people say, I'm just a born worrier. No, you're not. You weren't born a worrier. There's no such thing. Worry is a choice, like so many other things in life. It's learned response to uncertainty. 
Think about that. A lot of our problems we learn, don't we? We go to school and learn problems. You think about that. Uh, the more educated we become, the more problems we worry about. The good news is, since worry is learned, it can be unlearned. A lot of other things we learn in school are unlearned, aren't they? I know we hire some people and they get very upset, uh, engineers especially, that they don't get to do all the things they did in school. Matter of fact, usually they don't get to do any of them. <laughs> we, we tell, you, tell them, we hired you because you're a thinker. And, and you can figure out how to do different things. And it takes them a few years to get a handle on that. But they do eventually, most of them. So anxiousness and worry will never help. Jesus said it just doesn't work. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single inch to his stature or a single hour to his life? I don't think Ethan here worries. He's always smiling. Worry doesn't accomplish anything. Think about it. When we worry about our past, does it change it? No. When we worry about the future, can we control it? Not really, because we don't really know what the future brings, do we? So worry, fear, anxiety, they only rob us of the life God wants us to enjoy today. In fact, worry, anxiety, and fear are unhealthy, aren't they? It's been proven. It not only makes us miserable mentally, it affects us physically. It can make us sick. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Proverbs 14.30 A heart at peace gives life to the body. And Proverbs 12.22 A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. It's a good way to put it. So Jesus points out that anxiety and worry are unnecessary. And he says, sort of rhetorically, and God's good at that, if God cares for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he surely care for you, O oh, you of little faith? And in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, of course we know those verses, do not worry or be anxious about anything. We read those verses earlier. We find... God saying he will supply all our needs. Emotional needs. As humans, we have needs, don't we? Emotional needs, physical needs, spiritual needs, relational needs, and they're kind of all interwoven. If we'll trust him, have faith in him, put his kingdom first in our life, we'll have all these things. And something we don't think about very often, being anxious, and worrying, these are unchristian characteristics. That's hard for us to deal with, isn't it? It's interesting to note that 
we believers will trust God with our eternal salvation, yet we won't trust him with our family problems, our financial difficulties, our health issues, and yes, even our politics. God's in control. We've got to remember that. Romans 8:28 assures us we know that in all things in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So how do we get rid of this? What does Jesus say about that? Well, three things. And then the lesson will be yours. Number 1, place God first in every arena of your life. And there's a translation called the Living Bible. It's probably not good for too much, but it has some good wording here. For Matthew 6, 20, 32 through 33, your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well what you need, and he will give them to you if, if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to live. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? You see, worry is always a warning light. It's an indication of mixed up values. It tells us of a loss of perspective and direction in our life. It indicates a loss of faith and trust in God and his ability to work all things out for us. Now, Jeremiah was warned about this, wasn't he? In all the things that were happening the Babylonians were coming. He was beginning to doubt because his people were attacking him or plotting to attack him. And he was worried what was going to happen to him. And God told him, you'll be fine as long as you keep your faith. And we have to do that too. So we have to be careful that something else is not taking first place in our life. Like our money, our health concerns, for students, grades in school, family problems, an issue with our job, something in our religion. All these can bother us. So wherever God is not first, that area will, will become a source of anxiety for us. And he tells us, seek the kingdom first and his righteousness. The second item, and we have trouble doing this as humans, Live one day at a time. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. When we worry about tomorrow's problems, we miss today's blessings. God doesn't promise to give us grace for tomorrow. He promises grace for today. In teaching us to pray, Jesus says, give us what? Did he say, give us yearly bread? No. Monthly bread, weekly bread, tomorrow's bread? No. Give us our daily bread, today's needs. Then finally, trust God for things beyond our control. And verse 30 of the scripture 
the root of worry we find there. Oh, you of little faith. That's our problem. So we must decide, are we going to trust our worries, our anxieties, our fears, or are we going to trust in God? We can either panic or we can pray. So it's your choice. So listen to Paul again. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we'll end this lesson just with a couple of brief examples. When Joshua was about to undertake the awesome task of taking the land of God, or the land that God had promised, God admonished him and Israel to be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And of course, we know that what Jesus said are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. And when the very hairs of your head are all numbered, so, and so on, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. You're worth a whole lot more than a couple of sparrows. Although they're really pretty, though, aren't they? Yeah. And Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So, I ask you this question. Do you want to free yourselves from your past sins? It's in the past. You can't worry about it. You can assure your eternal destiny by becoming a child of God, if you're not, through faith, repentance, and New Testament baptism, being born again from above, born of God, born of the water and the Spirit. As a children, we can worry and fret about life's uncertainties, or we can listen to Jesus' thoughts about overcoming our anxieties. If you need the prayers of the church, or if you need to be baptized, this will be the perfect time. You're here with your family and those who love you. Please come forward as we sing the invitation song.